I tell them all the time, all the time. I still ain't figured this out. I'm in it for the long run. I still ain't figured this out, man. She said she got the answers. I still ain't figured this out. She said he got the cues. I still ain't figured this out, man. And welcome to another episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. It's your host, Kill C. Ray. Um, we're back, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, you guys have been supporting the show. It's been amazing. This second chapter of what we've been doing has been really cool. Um, I love the support, guys. If you want to support more, go to platformcollection.com and support the artists we support. Um, and that'll be good enough, man. Uh, but we got a really dope uh, guest today, a returning guest, one of our favorite guests that we always have on the show. Um, but I did not think that I'd ever be talking to her under these circumstances. It's a it's a weird time in the world. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, Reverie is in the house. Shout out to Reverie, man. What's up? What's good? How you been? I'm I've been. I mean, considering I I think I haven't been bad. I think um, I feel kind of like a lot of our like artistic friends that are like. I mean, we're home a lot anyways. You know what I mean? Like, we're home a lot. We don't do a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm usually in a studio or making something. That's the the majority of my day. But I definitely feel for my my friends that are, like, more social. That's yeah. – I, I know they're they're suffering, man, and it, and it's it's hard yeah. to watch that. What I mean, what about you? Where How are you doing? Are you good? Um, I can definitely relate to what you said. Like, I'm a super homebody, and I don't go out much – at all um but you know since we've been stuck inside for the last four months i for sure i'm itching to get out <laughs> you yeah. know it's like i don't i don't really like leaving the house much but i i realized that i do like to go out and eat at restaurants that's like how i go out and socialize and spend my free time or whatever so not being able to do that has really sucked so the last few weeks that everything's been open i've been going out a lot like to go eat and stuff but now they're closing everything again. So. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so let's back up. Because I think you were here last year sometime. You were on last year. Um, I think it, it was in the penthouse the last time. Yeah, yeah, it was in the penthouse. And I think, uh, yeah, you were on with your brother. Shout out to Loudon. Um, oh, where, my brother says hi. Shout out to Loudon. That's my boy right there. Hey, um, yeah, of course. Of course. He, okay. Tell him he just needs to pick up the phone. What's wrong with him? <laughs> Um, I want to, I want to go back to when the, they announced the pandemic and when they started to like close things down, where were you at that time? Like what was happening? Did it seem like it was real? Did it seem like it was going to be a, as long as it's been like, what was going on? I was home. I was home. And at first, when I first started hearing everybody talk about it, I just thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was just another thing that the media was hyping up because they will hype up anything and they will say anything to make us all scared. And I literally was like, I'm not afraid of fucking coronavirus. I don't give a shit about this shit. And then next thing I know, two weeks later or a week later, whatever it was, they started uh, shutting everything down. It must have been two weeks later. Yeah. And then I understood the severity of it. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is really bad. Um so I, I was I was here. I, I was not on tour, but I've canceled two European tours, one American tour. I had eight other shows that were single, just scheduled. And then you know that I'm gone like mm. a third of the year, maybe even more yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and so everything's been canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um I mean I definitely want to get in with that get into that with you. You you're one of the first people that I really thought about when um we were like in the I think we were planning a couple tours for some people and we started getting calls from um some booking agents and as well as like the venues, right? In sporadic places they're like, "Hey, you know, we're going to close down for a little bit, but we'll be back, blah blah blah." Um but I just started doing the math in my head and I was like, "Look, if if our dates get canceled, then it's just going to get pushed back and they're still going to have to put those dates that they canceled in front of us on. So who knows when we are going to get 
our next dates, right? So it fucked up all the kind of planning you can do. It's, you know, it's hard to plan in advance when there isn't really, you know, a way to figure it out. But did you, I knew, I knew you, I mean, yeah, you, you're gone. I mean, almost half the year sometimes, um, it, it seems like it's half the year now. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I mean, not in, yeah, not including like downtime or whatever. But yeah, it's almost half the working year, anyways. You know. Um, yeah. But was that like when when that started to set in on you? Like, oh shit! Like tours are being canceled. That's a lot of uh, that's your livelihood. That's a lot of the way you push your brand. That's a lot of those things. Did you immediately have like a plan B? Because I know it happened fast. Yeah. So what happened when everything got canceled was that first, um, just two of my tours got canceled. It was an American one and a European one. And then a bunch of the shows started getting canceled here. And then the first, I would say like like, uh, two weeks of the shutdown here everyone also stopped buying merch off my website. So then, yeah, then I was really fucked because those are my two main streams of income. Okay. Right. So I was really panicking the first couple weeks. And honestly, I was very depressed and I was very anxious and I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? Um, but I know, I knew that going back to like getting some kind of like regular job was not an option. So after like two weeks of feeling sorry for myself and being really discouraged, I just got up out of bed one day and I was like, you know what? This is it. Like, this is how it's going to be for a long time. I can feel it. And the longer I'm wasting time, just moping around my house and bed all day, that's just like pushing back the money that I could be making more and more and more every single day. Because when I don't work, I don't get paid since I work for myself. So I I wasted two weeks laying in bed feeling sorry for myself. That's two weeks that I could have been making more money. So after two weeks I got up and I was just like, you know what? I'm just about to make this shit happen. And then as you've been seeing, I've been releasing more Satori Mob than I ever have. I, I have like the most, I think I had like um, almost 60 items up on my website. That's the most I've ever had up at one time. Uh, um, and everything is selling out. Everything is moving. Everything is going. So I was just like, you know, I need to figure this shit out. Like nothing's going to stop me. Why do, why do you think that, um, what do you credit like that initial stop of buying the merch? Do you think it was just people like in shock, right? Pretty much. Like yeah. people were dealing with I think with it was people, people yeah. that, yeah, they that's... were just in shock and nobody knew what was going to happen. Everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I can't spend my money. What if I need it? You know, and then yeah. people realized like, oh, shit, we're now we're getting unemployment. There's the stimulus checks. There's a, this and the, that, you know. So then it was everything straight. Now everything's moving again. Everything's moving and I'm doing great. So as far as um, like the outlook on you going in person to your fans, how far out does that still feel for you? Or is there, are you, are you already making moves to kind of make that happen? Like smaller shows or like, what's, what's the conversation in your circle? So I was actually supposed to be in Arizona this weekend. That was going to be my first show back since the quarantine. And I don't know if you know, but they shut down Arizona again. So that's not going to happen. And I, don't have I have absolutely no shows set in stone right now. Gotcha. I have people that are waiting to rebook me since they since all the shows that I missed, but there's absolutely nothing set in stone right now. Um, everything is just on hold. Yeah, that's there's there's nothing. There's no shows. I think this is gonna go on for like another year. Okay. Personally, okay. So that was, was going to be my next question. Yeah. yeah, I'm not depending on that source of income whatsoever as of now. That's yeah. that's as far as I'm concerned, like there's no such thing as shows anymore. Until I start seeing people actually having them, I'm not gonna depend on it. Yeah. And that, like I said, was one of my main sources of income. Yeah. So <laughs> your idea right now, at least with what you're doing, is switching more to your like like tangible items that you can sell to audiences so that they can still connect with you, still support your brand. But is it, are, is your whole mindset starting to change completely right now to try to fit into like, what are some of the cool things 
you've noticed other people doing and and some of the things that you're like, hey, you know what? I might want to try that during this time. You know what I mean? Like, are there different ways you're promoting? Are there different ways that, like, how much are you going to get into the Satori mob? Is that going to be like, like a, a huge thing for you moving forward? Yeah, for sure. So this, this whole experience of me being stuck in the house and not being able to tour, not being able to do shows, it's just opened my eyes to how much I could do with this brand. You know, I've had this brand for three years now and we ship all over the fucking world in every single continent, except for Antarctica. I'm trying to get to Antarctica. <laughs> um, we ship to countries I've never heard of, countries I've never been to. Um, and now that I have not spent so much time not being here, I have been spending all that time in the Satori Mob, creating the Satori Mob. And it's just fucking moving. Like yeah, I'm making yeah. more money than I ever have on my online store specifically. Um, so it's just giving me a lot of ideas on how much I can expand my brand. I'm working on a lot of different products right now. Um, I probably don't want to talk about them okay. um, till they're ready, but I, I will talk about one since I showed it on my Instagram. I'm making slides. Yeah. I haven't made slides before. So the slides that I showed on my Instagram, it was just a prototype. It was just an idea. It didn't come out exactly the way I wanted it to. So I'm changing it. It's going to look very different. But I'm doing more things now other than just shirts. Like yeah. I released a bunch of tote bags, backpacks, towels, keychains. Those are the new things that are up right now as far as accessories. But I'm working on a lot of other accessories that I will be releasing very soon. And I'm really, really excited about it. Um, so yeah, it's just, just really giving me this whole other idea of what I can do with my brand. Like basically I'm, I'm doing right now with my brand, what I thought I was going to do like in another year or two, because I'm having time to focus on it, you know? Yeah. 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 Is it, um, yeah, I'm sorry, but is, is it, do you feel like creatively? Because that's the thing, like when you said accessories, it seems like that's like a natural progression for you, right? Like it's something that you obviously use you you're obviously like have a good mind for that fashion part of that and that that would be a natural evolution you're just putting your your foot on the pedal it seems like you're getting to that point way quicker yeah that's exactly what's happening that's exactly yeah. what's happening that's so dope man i i'm yeah like i said you were one of the first people i thought of just because i know you know like you're one of our friends that at, makes a living out, out on the road we, you know we have a few um, and I know that like one of the big questions that, that seems to be happening, even in the tech world, I pay a, a lot of attention to the tech world and it seems like there's these big conversations already with big companies like, and, and I've said this on the show before, um, there are, I've been watching large ticketing companies like, um, uh, Who's who are who are like some of the places that sell tickets? Um, like Eventbrite, all those kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like third party ticket places, investing money in streaming services, and it seems as if that's like what people at least are assuming is going to be the future for a while, right? Like this kind of thing. Um, how is that? A, are you are you thinking of any of those kind of things? Like as far as like live concert type stuff? Yes and no. I'm I'm not really into the whole digital live concert. I yeah. don't watch people's live concerts. Um, I don't really watch like those versus things. I don't really, I'm not really into that. Yeah. So I'm not really going to put my time into that. And I know a lot of people are telling me that I should, and I probably, it would be a good idea since I do have a big platform, people that watch me, but the reason I work for myself, a lot of the reason is because I don't like doing shit that I don't like doing, you know, right. and I just don't like being like this on the screen. It just doesn't feel good. It just <laughs> doesn't feel good. And I just don't feel like I look dope. Like I've, I've, I, one time I did a little live stream, like within the quarantine and I was like rapping my songs a little bit, but I just didn't like it. I just didn't like it. So if I don't like it, I know it's going to look like I don't like it. And I don't think the people are going to like it. And I'd rather just focus on other things right now. Honestly, yeah. like that's just really what it is. It's just, I, I do what I'm passionate about. I don't, I don't 
I don't want to do that. <laughs> Got you. How's the how's the day to day life? Like how is uh, like how are you coping? Obviously, there's there's limited places we can go. There's limited ways for you to like, you know, distract yourself other than work. Because obviously that can become stressful as well. Um, how do you? I saw that you recently went on a little vacation. Are you are you finding time to be able to escape and still like, you know what I mean? Keep it together. You know, that was the first time I went on a vacation. I don't even know in how long. And I've never gone on vacations, even when it was not quarantine. I'm just such a workaholic. Um, so this year, actually, one of my resolutions for 2020 was to have more time with my friends and my family and not be so obsessive with my work because I'm so obsessive. And But then the fucking... Uh, the quarantine hit, you know, so that, that plan, that plan changed. Yeah. But so yeah, I went to Palm Springs the other day, um, with, with my friends and it was just so fucking so dope to do that. And I felt so energized and just rejuvenated really. And I was like, wow, I really needed this. I didn't realize how much I needed it until I was there. And until afterwards when I came home, I was like, Oh my God, it feels so good. But I'm, I'm actually going to take another vacation, like in a week with my family and then again in August and I'm, I'm, I'm this year I'm like booking a bunch of shit for myself. So yeah, I'm finding more time for myself now that I'm not on tour all the time. I'm still going to be moving, but it's just going to be like for vacation. So it's really right, cool. right, right. Yeah. Cause you can pretty that, much have done it so much. Yeah. Cause you can pretty much, I mean, you're mobile now, right? Like you can just yeah. we're running all your businesses from your phone and your computers, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, that's super dope, man. Um, yeah, I think that it's it's been interesting to kind of watch people like, um, like I have friends who ha- are like you know new dads are um, are mm-hmm. having like a second child, right? And they they're used to being away from home for a big chunk of the day, and now they're at home, and I'm I'm seeing a lot of these families and friends having like these realizations of like, yo. Like, why do we leave? Why are, why are we away from each other for so much? You know what I mean? Like, why are we doing this? Like, there's people are rethinking the idea of what work is and, like, how to redefine that. And it's interesting because you kind of have lived that lifestyle forever. Like, the lifestyle that a lot of people are de- trying to discover right now of, like, self-containment uh, and, like, maybe I don't want to work for people anymore and maybe going to a job from 9 to 5 doesn't make sense for my happiness. Like... Yeah. People are, seem to be having that conversation a lot right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about, just because you have so much experience in this, like for people who are kind of thinking of like, yo, maybe I want to work for myself. I know you are probably one of the people who can tell them how not so simple that is all the time. You know what I mean? Like how much work yeah. that can can take. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you said that because a lot of people I know are now working from home that usually work in the office and they keep telling me, you know, I thought it was going to be easier to work from home, but it's so hard to stay concentrated. And I find myself getting distracted and my kids and the TV and the cigarettes and whatever, you know, like everyone's it's it's very hard to stay concentrated on tasks, you know, and even myself, I have a really hard time staying concentrated on on tasks Um, So I'm like a person that works on like a bunch of things all day like this, like this, like this. And that's just how my my mind works best is when I can just go a little bit all over the place. Um, But it's yeah, it's hard to stay, stay concentrated. And people are seeing that now working from home. It's not like it's not like I just wake up at three and then I work for two hours and then I make all this money and then I go to sleep. And then I watch Netflix and then I just go to sleep at two. It's not like that, you know, how people think it would be. Right. People think it's so easy and it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Like, like I told you in, when we started this interview, if I don't work, I don't eat. Yeah. That's it. I don't, if I don't want to work for two weeks, I don't have to, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose out on two weeks of money and I'll yeah. make it up. I'll be fine. You know, but, but I mean, I don't really want to miss out on that. It's a lot, yeah. it's a lot of work and a lot of money. Yeah, there's no way I don't think it's like even when you said when you mentioned like, yeah, there's no chance of me going back to like whatever, you know, quote unquote, a normal job. You can definitely rest assured there was no way that I thought that would have ever, ever happened because I just can't see. I don't think you have that. um, That part of your mind is 
gone already. Like where you're, you're not, I don't think you can envision you working for somebody else telling you what to do and how to like spend your time. It's just, I think that part of your life is kind of gone. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it is. Like once you break that, it's very hard to ever go back. I've never really seen anybody go back and be happy. You know, like once you've tasted your own freedom, um, do you think that, um, because I want to get a little bit into your music. There's, um, you just released a song um, that was super deep. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of want to talk about like your, your decisions to release that now. Um, But I, I still want to move forward a little bit in the timeline. Like you were, so quarantine's happening. All this stuff is happening. You're shifting, you're moving. And then this social unrest starts to really explode across the nation. You're mm-hmm. within the first couple of days, you're on the street protesting. Um, and that's, that's all of a sudden you're playing a role back to like a citizen, right? Like you're a citizen exercising your right. And, and because you are home, you're able to do that. You're able to like look out your window and see it. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and like the decisions to take part in the protest early. I mean, you were on the streets. I saw, I saw you running on the streets. Um, talk a little bit about that. Mm, well, I haven't been to a protest in a while and I just really felt like what happened with George Floyd was just really unacceptable. And I saw people demanding justice and demanding some kind of change. And it was a cause that, it is a cause that I really believe in. And so I just decided to go out and fucking protest, you know? And I haven't been to protest for a while. Some people were like, oh, you're just doing it for the hype. But like, I've been to hell of protests before. I haven't always posted on social media. I've been going to protests since I was in my early 20s. Like, it's like... Oh, my brother's here. Damn. What up, what up? Hey, Loudon. What's cracking? That's him. I'm going to ask What up? What's up, brother? Did. Good to see you, dude. Um, uh, yeah. Jordan just said that you that you're not um, that you're not calling me to get on the show. You have my fucking number. You can get on the show anytime you want. You know that, right? Let's do it. We go yeah. way back, Loudon. <laughs> we go way All back. I'll right, <laughs> uh, see you guys. All right. Uh, All right. We'll see you soon, dude. Bye, Um. So, yeah, I mean, I just decided to go out there. I just decided to just fucking go, you know, and um, I feel like we need a huge police reform. Yeah. And I am not a person that's out there like, oh, kill all the police, um, fucking fuck all the police. Like, I'm not saying that. I think that most cops are good people and they go into this job thinking they're going to be doing something great for the community. But unfortunately, when they reach the rest of the police department, there's a lot of corruption within those departments. And if you're around a lot of corruption, eventually you're most likely going to start taking part in it, whether you want to or not in some kind of way, because if all your homies are doing something, and they're your homies and you're supposed to have their back. You're supposed to fucking ride or die for them. If they do some shit, I mean, I'm not going to rat on my homies if I see them do some shit. Yeah. You know, and yeah. whether it's wrong or right. And that's just how it is in every field, but especially in fields where you could die, you know. And, and I just feel like there needs to be a lot of change within the police and judicial and prison systems in our country. When I go to other countries, you know, like in Europe, when people go to jail over there, their focus is to rehabilitate the people so that they can go back into society and be a productive member of society. But in America, our judicial systems, our prison systems are not set up for that. They're set up for people to be 
in the system forever. And I have friends that have been in the fucking system since we were like 15 and they're still there. And now we're 30 and it's all connected. All of it's connected, you know? And, and I, I just think that there needs to be a lot of change. And that's why I went out. I know everybody has their own reasons for going out, but I think that there needs to be a lot of change with the police and with the judicial system, with the prison system. And, um, we don't have a lot of power, but going out and protesting and being in numbers, we do have power like that. And now we're seeing how much fucking power we have, yeah. you know, because at the, at the beginning, people were like, why are you going to protest? That's stupid. You're wasting your time. People protest does nothing. Okay, well, now we know. Again, once again, for the millionth time, that that's bullshit. And protesting does help. It's always helped. And sometimes it takes things longer to get changed. But we're, we're seeing again in 2020, for all the people that thought protests don't work, you're seeing now that they do fucking work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, been, it's been weird to see, like, um, this... I mean, one, I definitely... I've been talking a lot about this. I... I'm so proud of like, like the youth of America, like, you know what I mean? Like the youth of America is doing an amazing job on filtering the bullshit. They're not getting like pulled into a lot of them anyways, are not getting pulled into these ideas that further separate us. You know what I mean? They're like, no, focus on the thing. Things need to change. We're not going to get off that topic. I love all, all that stuff. I know one of the things that I am, um, I'm concerned about and I'm wondering and I have faith that it's going to happen, but I'm wondering what like what roles people are going to play in this is that we still have to have a conversation on like a fundamental change, dude. Like I was thinking like, for instance, right, there's a generation that's that came before us that gets very concerned when they hear like defund the police or and I get it. I get it. There are a generation that bought the U.S. of A hook, line, and sinker, right? They believe it all. They think that, I, I, I mean, my mom is still a person who says that, you know, I'll do whatever my government says, right? And that's not oh, a wow. good, yeah, yeah. that's not a good conversation. That's not a good statement at all, right? <laughs> but she did, but, but she also no, came from a- terrible. Yeah, she, but she also came from a time when, um, that was a very normal thing, right? In fact, I'm sure that it was that it was almost uh, taboo not to agree with your government. But obviously, oh, yeah. we've seen we've seen things now, and I think that fundamentally, we still have to have the conversation on like if we're still tripping off the idea that oh, maybe cops should wear white uniforms instead of blue uniforms, or maybe they shouldn't have their guns out, and that make and that's making people go absolutely insane. How, what is our move to get people to just understand the foolishness of racism? You know what I mean? Like, it's such a big leap. Like, you get that it's just pigment, right? Like, it's just the pigment of the sun, and that's the way we... It's so... It's nonsense. But yeah. there's, this, there's this level of insanity over the entire country that we still allow it to be a conversation. You know what I mean? We're still having that conversation. And yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you feel like as an artist, like what role, what role do you feel like you are the most valuable in these kind of conversations? Like what role do you feel like you want to play moving forward? As far as like uh drama between races? Yeah, yeah, just races, uh the the social and just the cops, like you said, talking about that, that's a huge issue, right? There there seems to be like this social awareness that's happening over the entire country. But I always feel, and this is why I want to talk to you about it, I always feel like the one of the things that artists do for us, I've been saying this on the last four podcasts, but you are for sure one of these people. I look at people like yourself, you're like an astronaut, right? And let me explain. It means like you go to places that not everybody can go. We can all see it. We can all look at it. But you go there, you investigate, you look under, you pull the band-aids off of things, you, and then you come back and go, hey, 
here's a clear way of looking at that. Here's one clear way of looking at it. This is what's in my head. Here's how clear it is. You are obviously looking around at the world right now and going like, shit. I mean, I know you're aware. You grew up being aware of like social injustice. You've seen it your entire life. Are we headed to a good place? Or is there, are do we, are, are we expecting violence? What's, what's coming for us? Oh man, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about what's coming as far as like, like are you talking about like a revolution or something? Whatever. I mean, do you think that's what it's going to take? I don't think that's going to happen in our country only because Americans are so fucking spoiled. Yeah. Like regardless of how much injustice there is and how much change is needed, we're so fucking spoiled here that that shit would never happen. And we're so like, like you said, like people don't question shit. Like if the government says stay inside for four months and wear a mask outside, even though it's restricting your breathing, everyone's going to do it. You know, shut down your fucking store, shut down your nail salon, shut down this, shut down that. Don't gather with your family. Don't go to church. Everyone's listening, you know? So I don't think that, our country would start some kind of revolution. That's like a war, like a civil war. Like I don't see that happening just because of those reasons. Yeah. Um, but I definitely do think that there is a lot of good change happening from all of these protests because they're bringing awareness to people that otherwise they wouldn't have really known about, you know, and that doesn't make them bad people. It just means right. that they weren't educated on that topic. You know, if you grow up, white and rich and privileged and you literally never met a black person like or had a conversation with them that's not your fault yeah you know that doesn't make you racist that doesn't make you a bad person just because you're white like but it's just a lot of a lot of um white people have not been introduced to these ideas even that stuff like this is going on so i feel like a lot of I mean, that I feel like if you go to the protests, you will see it's like a shit ton of white people. And I think it's great because they're just trying to stand up for what's right, you know. And and I know that uh, there is a lot of weird shit that's also happening. Like, I don't fuck with the reverse racism. I'm not racist against white people. I hate when brown and black people always talk, try to talk shit about white people just because they're white like that's not yeah. cool either i don't fuck with that i'm i'm definitely not down with that um but i think that educating people about 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 the about the setbacks that people of color have to yeah. deal with is is a good thing and i know a lot of people of color have been saying now like oh i'm not set back just because i'm a person of color and like if you feel like that and you're a person of color, that's cool. Right. That means you didn't grow up the way a lot of us did, you know? Right. And just because you haven't experienced that life, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. If you were born into a, a privileged black family or a privileged brown family, then that's great. But just because you were born into that, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Because if you grow up in a lot of these more like ghetto poor areas or whatever you want to call them, with brown and black people, there is a lot of shit going down in the streets and in the fucking juvenile halls and prisons that should not be fucking happening. And it needs to be talked about because that's the only way it's going to change. Yeah. I, I find it, it's weird, right? Because, um, white people in America are having, you know, they're having to be included in this conversation, whether they like it or not. Um, but there's, so many good people. I mean, here's the reality of the United States anyways, right? Like nothing has ever changed in America without white people helping. Like that's, that's just a fact. You know what I mean? There's no way that it's not even possible. Um, but there are, there are white people. I've been asking people this too on the show. There are white people who have, um, at times wanted to be, um, like, you know, they, they want to be, they want to be um, allies, right? They want to be allies to the movement. They want to understand. But in a lot of ways, it's, it's impossible to understand being oppressed when you're not part of that group necessarily, right? And even though a lot of this has to do with poverty, sometimes definitely there's white poverty, and I understand that. You can go to the Midwest. They're experiencing it constantly. They've been experiencing that. But oh, yeah. 
there is a, a difference when it comes to like the judgment of race and it's hard a lot of times for people to kind of understand. And I've seen, you know, I've, I've definitely seen from my white friends, I've seen some really great, um, ideas, really great conversations of white people to other white people. Um, I've also seen some cringy things, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, ah, you're probably not the person to talk about that. You know what I mean? Like some, no matter how close you are, or I have a, oh, I have a black friend or I have a Mexican friend. Like it doesn't matter, you know? Um, and you know what I mean? And most, yeah. most brown and black people know exactly what I mean because we've been dealing with that from being a little kid. Somebody always does that. But there is also, um, like I said, like, like we both ag- agree, there isn't change without them. There's also going to be some sort of idea that um, at least I, I know there's going to have to be, right? For us to have change, there are going to be a group of people in our country that are going to have to decide at some point or another, is it okay for us to have a little less than we normally have had in order for people to be happy? Right. And that to me is a, I, I am empathetic to how hard that decision is because I get it. Right. If you have the ball during the whole game, you don't get to the end of the game and go, eh, we should probably just give, let's give them a touchdown. Let's give them people. It's hard for people to give up control of things. But that conversation is going to have to happen at some point, right? Like there are going to have to be. And unfortunately, in in our country, that's mostly white people. And mostly white people are going to have to have the conversation of should I, is it okay for me to just have a just a little bit less than I've than I've had before because I've gotten maybe more than I necessarily deserved or needed? And that will help everybody else. And I think that that's that conversation that's still yet to come is the thing that worries me a little bit, you know, because I don't hear enough of us having the conversation about like, hey, it's okay for somebody to go. I used to think this and I got some new information and now I fucking think this my bad. That's hard yeah. for us to accept right now. You know, you see what oh, I mean, you're yeah, on you're yeah. on Twitter. People are getting canceled left and right. So ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, do you, I don't, yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't know, Rev. Like, I don't know where the conversation goes to, I almost feel, do you remember being young? You might've been, you might be too young, but do you remember those, uh, those commercials that would be like, the more, you know, and it would be like a rainbow. It'd be like, and they'd say like, you know, being nice to people. (laughs) So when I was growing up, there would be these commercials and it would Uh literally just be, a 15 second commercial on, hey, being nice to people is a smart thing to do. The more you know. And are like, hey, help older people. That's a good thing to do. The more you, I almost feel like we need those to come back just on some oh like, hey, do you know that that skin color is just pigment? Hey, more, you know, like, and just keep pushing, (laughs) you know, like, I feel like nobody's having ends and especially not our politicians. They're for sure not having these very basic conversations of getting us kind of like, we need a reset. You know what I mean? Like I, we've literally been crazy for the last 20 years and more, right? We've literally been crazy as a country because we were pushing ideas that are, we're seeing now that in a time of need, weren't that valuable, (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when, when it comes down to us just living day to day, a lot of the stuff that we shoot for in America doesn't become important when you're just worried about food, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a big realization for everybody right now. Yeah. And I think we need somehow to have those skills like brought up again, you know, like the, the reason it's good to who, living communities the reason it's good to buy local the reason like all these very little things that we've we've either put on the right or the left and use them to argue against each other but there it seems like to me 
there's there's a level of truth in all of it, right? Like if you live in a middle America, you probably think the West Coast and the East Coast thinks you guys are pieces of shit. Nobody cares about you. And you're probably like, yeah. fuck, we fucking feed America. We The food comes from here. We feed all of you. And you guys think we're dumb or, or we're too held on to our religions or whatever, all these different things, right? But it's not like they're not dealing with the same the same issues that we're dealing with here, right? When the shit hits the fan for a lot of the farmers, like in the Midwest, like it's already Armageddon. You know what I mean? Like it's already bad. Like all their, all their cattle are dying. There's nowhere to ship them because the shipping lines are hard. I don't know if, how it is where you live um, here in San Diego. I live in, in Barrio Logan and there's a lot of like uh, meat butcher shops here, right? Dude, meat, just beef has quadrupled in price. Like, it's quadrupled. Oh, shit. It went from $3 a pound to almost, almost $10, $11 a pound. Wow. For, like, carnesada. Yeah, and, and I didn't, okay. I, I didn't, I never thought I'd see that, but I know that that's a sign, right? Like, I know that, oh, shit, that means they're having a hard time just getting the meat, right? Because it's the end of the line. The butcher shop's the end of the line. That means that they're not getting enough and so then that means somebody, somebody's life is fucked up right now because yeah. they, they, they really hoped on fucking selling cows or what, however that works and they can't yeah. do that. So I think that we're, we're still a little ways for me. I think we're still a little ways from having the, the actual conversations that are going to start change. But I agree with you. I think that the protests are necessary. I'm, I definitely, I don't know about you. I'm tired of hearing people talk about looting. Like, dude, fuck, fuck that. I don't give a fuck about looting. I don't care. There's bad people yeah. that are fucking trash men. There are bad people that are cops. There's bad people that are yeah. protesters. I don't give a fuck. I'm tired of people yeah. constantly bringing that up. Fuck your Walmart. Fuck all that shit. They got insurance, <laughs> by the way. They have insurance. Yeah. They're fine. They'll be fine. That. That doesn't take away from any of the things that, you know, that you guys were out on the streets protesting. That had nothing to fucking yeah. do with that, you know? Yeah, and I, t I tell people, a lot of people, when they bring that up, I just, my answer is I, I didn't loot. Yeah. I was protest. But the thing is that in any kind of war or movement or battle, there's going to be innocent people that get hurt, period. That's unavoidable. Okay, yeah. so sorry some mom and pop shops got fucked up. That's really sad. And a lot of them are getting a lot of these GoFundMes and shit anyways and getting more money than they made anyways to rebuild yeah. their stores. But I feel like that's just part of fucking war. Like people are going to get hurt. People are going to die. And that's just the price you pay for change. And I'm sorry that some people got fucked over, but that's just what happens. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it's spot it is, on. You know? It really is. It really is. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, it feels like, you know what it feels like? Like the last, at least the, the last 20, 30 years that we've been having a conversation, like we've been talking to each other in America, like we're babies. You know what I mean? Instead of just saying like what you just said right now, like, Hey, shit's not always going to be good. It's very, there's going to be bad. Like, Instead, we're like, no, that's oh, it's horrible. How could we always ask that same shit? Like, how could this happen? <laughs> There's a lot of us who know exactly how it how it could have happened and how it was overdue. And that was not a surprise to me when people got mad. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, come on. <laughs> it's such an interesting it's such an interesting thing, though. But it, it, it does feel like sometimes I sit here and I'm like, damn, have we just been maybe we have been crazy like these like we just we all have this little level of insanity that we're, we, we wake up every day. We know this shit is happening. We know it's crazy out there. We know we're not really free. Like, cause you've already been to other countries. You've seen the opposite of freedom. You see more freedom. You know that us claiming that we are the freest country in America. I mean, in the world is ridiculous. Like that's not, it's just a thing we say. It's not real, real freedom we'd have to break out of this system somehow. And as long as we live here, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. is a system in place that, and the best we can do, it seems like what we're doing right now is, is consistently just leaning on better ideas. Like 
yo, we just need better ideas. And I feel, like I said, I feel, I feel confident in the youth. I feel like they're having way more of those conversations than at least I ever did. Like they're having way more conversations on like long-term change. Like, yeah, like there's, if we fix, this is a thing that I think a lot of people don't factor in. If we fix racism in America, we fix poverty, we fix fucking uh, joblessness, we fix, we f- it just goes down the, the level because what we, the only way we fix racism is you fix your mind. You know what I mean? Like you have to fix that part what? of your mind. What did you say? The only way you fix racism is to free your mind? Is that what you said? It's to fix your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, like okay. we have to fill it with enough education in that you're not having to like take some dumb orange dude's idea for as a president and think that that's right. Like, right. You need to be able to listen to someone like Trump and go like, Oh, that's bullshit because this, this, and this, and this right now, we're just like, he's, there's a group of people in America who are like, he speaks the way I speak. So I must agree with him when the reality is like poor white people in America Trump's not on their side. Like Trump doesn't give a fuck about he does. He doesn't even know any poor white people. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's not that isn't what he's doing. Like he's just playing a game. And I think at some he, point he we have to have the conversation game. that the game exists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it really yeah, does yeah. exist. There is a game that exists. It's not fake. It's not conspiracy. It's it makes sense to run a country from the top down. If you want people to stay in control, that just, that's good business. That's what the United States does the best. They just do good business. And in good business, if you talk to like the best, best business people at the top of the, at the top of the food chain, most of them say exactly what you said a a while ago is that, is that like, look, there's going to be casualties. And, and for most people, it's easy to pick who's going to be a casualty if you're not around those people. You know what I mean? Like, it's very oh. simple for Trump to be like, what? Black? He, don't, he doesn't know black people. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, he doesn't, he can't feel that. So, like, when he doesn't comment on shit like that, I don't, I'm not surprised. I just don't think he would have anything to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what would, what do our, our leaders are not, I haven't heard one leader yet. Like, political leader? I mean, I can't even name anybody that I thought has said, oh, dude, that's a good idea. Like, I mean, we got Kanye now, West. And he said, he said what happened was with George Floyd was a big tragedy. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. about it. Yeah, like there's, it's, <laughs> that's like the understatement of the year, right? Like, I mean, come on, dude. Um, Kanye West is running for president. What do oh, you yeah, think about that. that? Um, I think that. The politics in America are just a joke, and um, now it's now it's just a joke. They've always they've always been a joke, you know. Yeah. As far as since I've been alive, at least since you've been alive, at least you know. Maybe in the beginning, politics were a lot better when we first when this country first started. But yeah. obviously, the fucking centuries have gone by it's become very very corrupt and i love my country i love living here before i before i talk shit me too. let me just say i love this country it's an amazing country i think it is the best country in the world um and that's not just because i live here but i've been a lot of countries and everyone wants to come here and what you can do in this country you cannot do in any other country in the world but besides that our political system is just so corrupt and it's just hilarious now that we're having celebrities as the faces of, of our, our leaders. And, um, you know, some are, are more fit than others, but um, I will not be voting for Kanye West or, <laughs> or Joe Biden. And I don't know who I'm going to vote for yet, but it's not going to be any of those. I know, man. <laughs> I feel you so much on that. Like, these are our fucking choices, dude. Can you imagine if on just the last podcast we were on together, just the last one, we'll just go back one year. If we said, if I said, guess what's going to happen, Rev? We're going to have this crazy president that just fucking fucks everything up. And then Kanye West is going to run for president. And then Trump, uh, Obama's old vice president, this crazy old dude who touches people and shit, like he's going to run for president. No, we wouldn't have believed it. We couldn't have made this shit up. 
<laughs> Sometimes I feel like this is just it is the matrix. Like some maybe we didn't wake up after a while or something. Maybe it's fucking wild. It's wild, but whatever. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a person that is I know all politicians are corrupt. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, I didn't really realize that. But now that I'm older, I'm like, you know what? All these motherfuckers are so corrupt. Doesn't matter what party, doesn't matter what race, doesn't matter where they come from. If they're that high up in the political system, they're corrupt as fuck. And you know what? That's their job. Whatever. Do what you do. You know, we all got to do what we got to do. But <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not a like, oh, go this person. That, that's not, that's not me. Yeah. So um, I want to, we went crazy into politics. I want to, I want to talk about this, this song you just released. Uh, I said no, right? Um, what, what, first, what, how long, is this a new song? Is it something you had um, kind of in waiting? Um, and then what kind of made you decide to release it now? Um, huh. When did I make that song? Uh, when did I make that song? I want to say I made it uh, either in the fall or winter of last year. I think it was the winter, though. I'm pretty sure it was, like, around, like, November that I made that song, maybe. Actually, you know what? It might have been in... It, might, it was either in the fall or the winter of last year. Okay. It was uh, still in the penthouse. Um, and... Yeah, you know, we just, we made the video, we make the video, it was before the quarantine. Uh, I want to say it was like in uh, February or January, I'm not really sure. You know, I think it was in February. I think it was in February. And then um, it just took a while to to finish. And then we had to finish the song, like just the, mas- the mastering and all that stuff. Um, it was just ready right now. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to drop this right now because of this or because of that. Honestly, it was just ready. Yeah. And a lot of people have been asking me that, like, oh, it's it's a good time to drop that song. And, oh, it's what's going on. I'm like, you know, yeah, it, it is. But that's not really why I dropped it right now, to be honest with you. It was just what's ready. You know, yeah. we're, we're just releasing stuff as it's ready. Um, I'm doing so much shit right now, even though I'm not on tour. Like I said, I'm working a lot on other things. And um, that song was ready. That video was ready. So that's why we, we put it out. Is it, um, I, I know you are at this point probably no stranger to the feelings of releasing your most personal stuff to the world. Because at this point, you, it's, it feels like you have. Um, is that, are we, is it, is that autobiographical? Is it, is it? take is it are you pulling from pieces of different people's stories like what is what's the truth about that song it's a bit of all of that some of it's autobiographical and a lot of it was i mean not even a lot of it all of it was inspired by women that i grew up with women that i know women that are like my best friends um I don't know any woman who has not been sexually assaulted in one way or another, maybe might not have to be raped, but being molested, being groped at a club, being fucking touched by, you know, somebody, women, like, I don't, I really don't know any women that have not experienced that. I I don't know any. Um, So I feel like it was just something that, You know, I, 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 I was just in, in the end of last year, I started writing story songs because my album, we've been working on this last album now for like one year or fuck. It's been like two years now. Oh wow! We've been working on a new album for about two years now. Um, cause it was in the beginning of last year. So like one and a half years anyway. Um, we have a lot of bangers on the new album. There's a lot of bangers. And it's a really cool album, but we were hearing the album, Louder and I, and then we just said, like, oh, this is a really good album, but I feel like it needs some more personal storytelling stuff. Stories. My new album's going to have, like, 
a couple stories on it. And um, that was one of the stories I wrote. That was one of the stories I wrote. Um, yeah, it just uh, it was just something that I was something that I was thinking about. It was something that I had been thinking about. I don't remember honestly. I don't really remember like exactly what sparked it, but when I thought about that topic, it was very easy to write about it. It was very easy to write about it. that song. Like I probably wrote that song in like an hour, maybe less. And actually, the 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 vocals of it, it was actually supposed to be a rough draft. So that I wrote that song like maybe that day or the day before, and then I was just like, "Why? Oh, I need to record the song. We need to record the song. We need to record the song right now, just so I can remember how I floated." And then my bro was like, "Okay." And so that that song that we released, it was actually like the first like rough draft. Like it was supposed to be re-recorded. I was gonna oh, wow. write a couple parts, but and it was like in one take. We just wow. recorded it. So it was just like in its like rawest, purest form. That song. Yeah. And, and you just felt like that was like, what was it that made you release it like that? Were you like, I'm just, I'm not going to catch that type of energy again. Like what was the, why did you push it out like that? You know, I, at first I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And it was just a rough draft. But then as I was hearing it, I was like, you know, this just sounds kind of like cool. Cause it doesn't sound so polished and perfect. Like, uh-huh. cause a lot of the other songs are, on the record, they sound very polished and very yeah. like well done, like whatever that means, well done, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was just hearing it, and then I told my brother, I was like, "Yeah, I think we should leave the song like this." And then he was like, "You know what? I was thinking the same thing." And and we usually don't like to do that. Yeah. And uh, but that's yeah, that's just that's just kind of how it happened, honestly. That's dope. Um, yeah, it's. It's a super powerful song. I, I had to watch the video a few times. Um, and then I sent it out to some of our staff to do a review for it. And they felt the same thing. Like, I, I know, um, I believe it was Gabby. She's one of our staff members who did the the write-up on it. And it hit her, too. Um, yeah, and it's, and it's okay. interesting because we have our um, at Platform Collection now we have... Um, a, a lot of a new a bunch of new staff and our our new editor in chief is a woman and our new um manager of the of like the touring stuff is a woman and it's interesting to hear like the conversations after they hear stuff like that like hear that song and how relatable i agree with you i mean i unfortunately i know i know i was raised by women i know the the stories of um the countless stories of that they can all relate to. Right. Like, I, I don't know if I know a woman either and I'm a, you know, I'm a guy and I, and I don't know if I don't, if I know a woman either who hasn't had a situation like that. Um, it's interesting because in hip hop, it's one of those things that obviously doesn't get brought up a whole lot. Right. Like it just doesn't because it's such a male dominated thing. But when that happens, you know what it was, what sparked this, this whole um, conversation on this is that I was looking at the amount of views you get when you are talking about topics like that compared to the amount of views when say you are, you just drop a banger and how like, it's almost like you, like if it was a big room, everybody got quiet all of a sudden. And it's kind of just like looking around, like when you do that and that shit, when when I noticed that, I was like, yeah, that's what made it so powerful to me that it's so real that people are uncomfortable. There's people that are uncomfortable even watching it. You know what I mean? And I know that that's, you know, I, obviously I'm not demonizing any side or, or the other, but let's be real. That's probably a lot of guy fans that are like, fuck, like, I don't want to hear that song or for whatever reason, right? Yeah. And, and... It was just, I just wanted to give you props on that, dude. Cause it's, I think sometimes we like overlook shit like that. Like it, the audience tends to overlook things on how you're going to drop bangers from here till you die and you're going to rock shows and you're going to put people on dance floors and all that stuff. But it is the things that you say like that, that help change culture. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it, yeah. it's just bigger no matter what. It's just bigger. You know that. You have songs that you released when you first came out 
that P like you, you talk about it all the time that have uh, people have literally attached themselves to it. But a lot of the times it's not because they don't want to hear something new. Sometimes it really is just like, man, you created a masterpiece of emotion that that is obviously there's a conversation obviously happening around that video. Cause like I said, you could see the numbers, you can see the comments, you could see how people are sharing it, what, what conversations it's sparking. And that to me is something for me, at least I, I love music like that. Cause that shit just never gets old. You know, it doesn't get old. It's not like if people want to hear that 10 years from now, it's not like, Hey, let's listen to an old song. It's I'm sure to, unfortunately, I'm sure it'll still be relevant, you know? And that's yeah. a, that's a crazy thing. It's again, that's the astronaut shit that you go off into this world that not everybody wants to go. Not everybody wants to fucking talk about that shit, but we all know it's there. And somebody, we need someone to come back and tell us like, yo, here's exactly what's happening, whether you guys like it or not, you know? So super yeah. respect to you on that one, dude. I, I Thank think that you. was really dope. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's a, risk and a consequence of making music yeah that's not like a quote-unquote banger you know I do make bangers but yeah as you know I like to make a lot of intimate songs and I really like to heal people with my music that's really what yeah. it is that's about mine. Yeah. so that's why I still make music like that as well and yeah the numbers don't do as good as when I just talk shit on a song you know but mm. I do it for myself and for my fans that do need to hear that shit because a lot of people, like I said, don't talk about that shit, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I feel like those things, like you said, are always going to be relevant and need to be talked about. So yeah. whether it gets a lot of views or not, if I can help five people, which I know it's way more than five, it's way <laughs> if more. I can just help five people, that's that's amazing. Like, yeah, and by the enough. by the yeah. way, I'm not saying like so people that might be new to it. I'm not saying like <laughs> they're good numbers for anybody. I'm saying come in comparison to videos that go up very fast as opposed to slower. Um, yeah. It's it's usually when people are having to like watch a video and then ask questions about themselves. I know that, but that's important, right? That's what. How else would that happen? That's why exactly. I think that that's so important. Like how else you just go on living your life and then you come across this song where Reverie's saying these things and then you have to question your own life. That's the point. It's the fucking point. And, and if I can just give this suggestion, right? Because I see your fans um, and maybe I, I just want to offer another perspective to your fans in that when you're releasing things like that the fact is if anybody is doubting the authenticity please understand the amount that you as an artist are gambling with anytime you decide to speak completely from the heart because there's going to be a side you release it knowing that there's going to be a side that's going to hate you for it and they're not going to like you they're going to call you every name in the book and you do it anyway <laughs> and I think that it's important that the audience sometimes like I look at them and, 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 you know, I, and this goes for all of our friends who have fans or followings where sometimes we as fans can, you know, you're being a little hard on an idea that you don't really understand, you know, like the truth behind it all is that some of the, this stuff is painful to release because you know, you're going to, it's like, you know, a punch is coming and you can't move out of the way but you're going to fucking take it anyways. And it is what it is. And you're going to move and you're going to try to move past all of it. And, and then do it again <laughs> over yeah. and over and over, yeah. you know, like <laughs> exactly dude. So I hope that, you know, your fans can definitely, you know, maybe look at it from that perspective. Cause I see, I know that most of the fans, whether they're spewing ignorance or not, a lot of it comes from a love or, uh, um, a hope that you are what they want you to be. And I think that it's, it's kind of easier even as a fan to just accept people for what they are. Cause you're going to get their best stuff when you do that. Like if you're really a reverie fan, like let her do her. And I swear you're going to get the best stuff that you, it's what you want, you know? Um, 
But yeah, I just wanted to say that, dude, because I see that a lot of times. I get super protective about our friends that I see, especially when I see fans being unfair about like just ridiculous, like ridiculous stuff and stuff that I think that they don't know what they're asking for. Like you don't know what you're asking for. Like that's not the better thing. The better thing is the thing that she's giving you. That is the better thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I get it. Like I said, yeah. I get it. I, I'm super. I have things that I really love or things that I, you know. But it is what it is. But I'm hoping that perspective that I shared, you know, maybe some of your fans can look at that and go like, "Oh shit, yeah, that that is true." Like, Thank if you. I didn't, if I didn't want somebody, if I wanted to like change and people didn't want me to change, that would fucking suck. It would fucking yeah. suck. And, and you want her to make more music. And if that fucking sucks and she's living a life that sucks, then how are you going to get that fucking, it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to do that. So hopefully they can do that. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I miss you guys. I think you, um, I'm super glad to see that you're, you, you guys have pivoted in an awesome way. I'm looking super forward to watching Satori take over the world. Um, please come back anytime you have like some cool drops or anything you want to talk about. Like I've told everybody that I've done one of these with, I'm looking to put another 300 episodes on the board. I'm super hyped about doing this format. I like it. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. Thank you. We miss you too. And thank It's always good chopping it up with you. Yeah. Um, let's do this again too. Yeah. So, uh, guys, Reverie Love, you see it on the screen. In fact, let me l- let you look at it one more time. There it is, Reverie. Follow, follow everything she does. You just got to search Reverie. Google, all the pages come up. It's all good. Thank you so much, man. Love you guys. I will talk to you soon, Rev. Bye. Yeah, that's the homegirl Reverie, man. Um, she is one of the best people I know. That's just, just the way it is. Um, it's super dope. Uh, follow everything she does. Platformcollection.com is where you'll find us. Uh, also we got new gear there, go there, support the brand. Um, and like I said, if you can't do anything, drop a like, drop a a share. That's more than enough. Support the artists we support. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Man. I'm in it for the long run. I still ain't figured this out, man. She said she got the hands.